Welcome to the Man Up God's Way podcast, a show that dives into the real, raw, and relevant issues for men in their faith, life, and community. Now, your host, Jody Birkin. All right, guys, here we are. My name is Jody Birkin, and I am your host for the Man Up God's Way podcast. And I'm uh, really excited today. I've got an amazing guest uh, who is going to share his life, his story about uh, just being a Christian comedian in a world that, uh, number one, has lost its funny bone, and uh, number two is uh, looking down on Christians. And uh, I'm excited to have Brad Stein here. Brad, welcome to the podcast, brother. Well, thanks for having me. And truly, you're a man of faith because you said you're really excited to have me. And how do you know this isn't going to be a train wreck? So the <laughs> fact that you have already presumed that this interview will be of any interest or I'll have any anything to say that has any weight uh, tells me a lot about you you as a man of faith, because well, you know, normally uh, it lasts about five minutes. And people said, uh, we're going to wrap it up. But thank you. So, uh, well, here we are. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm so glad that you're here. I, I think uh, we kind of both have the same heart. Uh, you know, I've listened to your comedy over the years and I've watched you, um, you know, not only grow as a comedian, but also as a Christian, you know, and I, like most people, we just get to see the outside of, you know, how you live, what you say, um, you know, and you're sometimes under a microscope because you are in um, the entertainment business and uh you can't usually get away, you know, with uh, having major faults or downfalls uh, in your life. And so we haven't heard any major controversies about you, which is a good thing. I like to, I like that in uh, Christian entertainers. Well, I must be doing something wrong uh, <laughs> if I don't have any controversy. Uh, <laughs> uh, matter of fact, what's, what's ironic is uh, uh, if you look at the secular world, uh, you know, controversies and and uh, doing uh, outrageous things is an upside for their career, actually. Right, exactly. uh, didn't yeah. used to be. Uh, right. used to be, uh, you know, a little dalliance with somebody other than your wife or uh, right. whatever uh, would kind of end your career. And now it's kind of like, oh, man, you know, that's that's titillating. Let's, right. let's get more news about let's <laughs> let's profit off of this uh, sinful thing this guy is doing. Uh, actually, the only thing that would get you, you know, sort of uh, locked out of uh, uh, the uh, space of of being uh, admired and viewed is if you do things that are noble and virtuous and uh, godly and disciplined uh, these right. things now are considered evil and and uh, bigoted uh, but i am in a performance art uh, that allows you to take to task uh, that kind of broken view of the world and so that's what i sort of by default have uh, have, have tried to do is use comedy uh, as a way to uh, 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 sort of evaluate the culture right. and, and uh, make commentary about it. And so in that regard, um, uh, I'm in the right, I'm in the right field uh, as a comic, uh, even right. though that's, uh, <laughs> even that's up for grabs nowadays. <laughs> yeah. And that it's crazy that, you know, um, what used to be to, to, to be said as and, and heard as comedy is no longer that way. I mean, you I can't imagine, you know, just being a comedian, especially a Christian comedian, because not only are you trying to follow a, a standard that, you know, God has set before you, but you're also trying to go against the grain of, you know, 
normal thought process and lay it out there in a funny way. And uh, you, you've you've done it for how, how many years now have you been doing this? 20 plus? Oh, 30 plus. Uh, 30 plus I, okay. I started out professionally full time in 1988. So uh, whatever, 98, 8, 18, 19, 20, 30, 40 years. Uh, I mean, you know, I had a lot of growing to do. I went just because you start doesn't mean you're any good at it. <clears throat> you're still figuring it out. Right. But that's how long I kind of uh, made a living doing comedy from that point on. I never did anything else uh, as my livelihood. So uh, it's been about 34 uh, years. But uh, the journey obviously um, went from just trying to be a stand-up comic, which is hard enough, right. uh, to a ministry uh, that I wasn't really anticipating. Uh, but I had no option. Um, and that's the great dilemma of right. being a believer uh, yes. is you get called to something and you kind of don't have an option you yes. can run from it you don't have yeah. to uh, engage it but you're miserable right exactly you're not you're not in balance you're not you, yeah. you're not locked into what you were designed for right. so you just will never fit properly you'll never be at peace uh even if your right. calling is to do things that aren't peaceful and even comfortable uh it is uh, ultimately god's decision as to what you do and and become uh if you say you're his you got to do what he right. tells you to do so that's how my career has sort of uh morphed into something totally different than i ever anticipated when i started that's great that's great yeah we got quite a few stories in the bible with guys who tried to not not listen to their calling and it didn't go well didn't go well with them so or for them i should say yeah that's great. So when did you, um, when did you first come to know Jesus? Like, is, do you have a, a specific date, a specific time? Was there a season in your life where all of a sudden it just made sense or were you raised this way and then you just live this way? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, actually I have a joke about it. Uh, I have a very <laughs> boring testimony, uh, cause I got saved at nine. Oh, so I don't get to have some great, beautiful, amazing testimony. You know, I longed, I longed for, for a testimony like I used to see in church when a guy would come up and yes, I used to be addicted to heroin and the Lord freed right. me. And I'd be like, oh, if I was addicted to heroin, that would have been beautiful. <laughs> I wanted a cool one. Yeah, I was a wino uh, in, yeah. in, in, in Skid Row uh, and I slept under a car. And uh, and now right. look what I don't get it. I was like, I was nine. I was in fourth right. grade. So, right. uh, you know, I had to. Uh, I had to manufacture a testimony. I used to have difficulty with long division and the Lord <laughs> healed me. Uh, so uh, I didn't have much to, to, to talk about. Now, that being said, mm -hmm. uh, I have a very typical journey as someone who got saved very early. In right. Mike's, my testimony is more uh, a prodigal journey, uh, which is very typical for someone raised in the faith is they have that sort of moment of, <laughs> I think the Amish call it Rom springing or something where they kind of let them kind of go <laughs> out for, for a year yeah, yeah and say if they're system. going to sow yeah. their oats or whatever right. and and often they come back and say yeah that's not what we want but right. now we know I don't know uh you know it's funny I, I I almost I often wonder if if God sort of expects someone who grows up in the faith to sort of get curious and and question and sort of go off uh into a darker space and uh, into uh 
you know, a prodigal journey, uh, almost like, like that's part of the initiation, right? Because you go find out what you were missing, and you were, right. you were missing stuff. Sin totally. is fun. Yes, it is. It, 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 or it wouldn't be a temptation. Right. <laughs> You're exactly right. You know, I mean, it's like, hey, let's go jump in bonfires. Nobody would right. be tempted. Nobody would find that. Yeah, let's try that for a right. you know, You're tempted by things that are enjoyable. Right. You're tempted about things that, that, that do indeed connect to your flesh in a way that's pleasurable. Um, that's why it, it's a draw. Uh, right. But it's but it's an emptiness because you're out of balance. Obviously, if you are giving to your flesh, because we are believers, we believe yes. that we are spirit and flesh beings right. intertwined. Uh, so if you are a, a, an atheist, uh, then yeah, your nihilism is the only answer. So do whatever you want. That's all you get. Uh, but it always rings hollow because because we're not we're out of balance. So I, I feel like in in an odd way, I've always believe that god is expects humans to be truthful and right. authentic and since he knows my heart for many many years i've learned to be very honest with god when i talk to him because he already knows my if i'm angry right. at him i'll say so right, if exactly. i feel like he's abandoned me or he has not fulfilled his duty uh you know as humans have the audacity to Right. <laughs> him, but yeah. nevertheless it is what it is right. um i can say so to him and not because right. i have some sort of right to to hold god accountable to anything other than his word i mean he is accountable to who he says he is right. but that's his call that's his de definition yep. of himself but um i i think that since I know that he knows what I feel and how what I'm struggling with, I might as well say it. What different? He doesn't care. He's not. A, right. He's not. He's not uh, uh, intimidated or or by, right, by exactly. me or or thinking. Oh, gee, did I mess up? How can I? That <laughs> oh, oh, Brad's that mad. Knows. I better watch out. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't. He he knows what I don't know, and right. so he can always look at me like a little two year old who's too stupid to know any different than to make accusations that he can't possibly. Uh, that are unfounded because he just simply right. doesn't have all the information. So that being said, uh, I almost feel like in a way, some of the things that you experience outside of God's um, uh, will um, can give you a balance as to this, uh, this isn't enough. This doesn't work. It isn't, right. it doesn't really fulfill me in the way that God's uh, um word does in his in my in prayer and sort of that sacred space of just knowing there's something greater who i have to answer to that uh, isn't always pleasurable mm -hmm. but it feels mature more mature like this is where i'm supposed to be though All this right. is the totality of the human experience that i need uh, to know who I am and to be in proper right. function. So that's, that's why, I mean, it's a long answer that yeah. wasn't necessarily no, necessary. No, that was perfect. I feel like it, I think it, I think that sometimes we underestimate mm -hmm. the grace that God gives us by saying, yeah, go ahead, go try it. Right. Exactly. See, 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 you know, I'm here. That's cool. I know you'll, I'll know you'll be back. Right. I know when you get up, when you start feeding the pigs and eating up in the in the pig slop, I'll be right I'll here. Come on here. back, son, like we do with our kids. Hey, go do right. that. And 
go do that thing. And then when it, when you eat it, we'll talk about it. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. That's all right. I was going to say one of the things that, you know, for me, um, I did have one of those, uh, I was an atheist and I came, I always call it, you know, the kind of the Damascus road experience, you know, it's, it's almost like I didn't have a choice. It was like God just kind of revealed himself all of a sudden. However, I envy men like you because what for, for me, you know, I wasted 33 years of my life running with the devil and not not seeking God. And so, you know, 20 years later, um, as a Christian, I feel like I've missed, you know, half my life uh, by not living in the kingdom and, and helping build the kingdom. And so when I talk to guys like you, you went through the exact same uh, trials and tribulations. You went through the exact same temptations. You went through the exact same pressures that I did as a, you know, a preteen, a teenager, a young man. And, and yet not saying that you were perfect, but you're still walking with God um, and testing those waters. To me, that's more, that's more of a stout faith than, you know, just all of a sudden, you know, 30, 40, 50 years old, all of a sudden coming to know the Lord and, you know, sometimes we glorify the testimony more than we glorify God, you know, oh, look at what he did. I was an atheist. I was a drunk. I did all, you know, money, love or all those kind of things. And it's easy to tell the Saul side of your story um, and forget about the Paul side. You know, the Saul side is all the stupid stuff you did. Then the Paul side is what God has done. Uh, so I, I'd envy, I've looked up to people that, you know, are in our church that have grown in the, up in the faith and man, they've just kind of, straight lined it with just a few bumps and that to me is a testimony to god's grace and power it it, it is but it's a nuanced journey because uh i i would say that you know what you're saying i i understand what you mean mm-hmm. uh, by that um because when you found the truth you kind of wish you had had it more often oh, yeah. or, or for a longer duration. I understand that clearly. Right. It'd be like being addicted to drugs for years. And then when you're finally sober, you go, man, this is oh, so yeah. much better. Why didn't I want this 10 years All ago? Right. Why, would I, why did I settle for that when this is what it, I was here? But you didn't know any better. If you're addicted, you're stuck. You, you're, you're in a different place. So I was thinking about it today you know, if I ever had, uh, today I was thinking about if I ever had any regrets in my life. Uh, and I don't have any regrets. I mean, there's two things I wish was true about me that isn't, uh, it, that that I could say, but as far as regrets, because sometimes I think, well, I wish I had known this about myself and behaved like this 10 years ago, or I wish I'd had this then, I, I would have had it longer, or it would have been a richer life. But then I always stop and think, you know what, maybe, but maybe I wasn't ready yet. Maybe the journey I had to take in my life took that long before I could finally go, you know what, I need to change this about myself. I see it now. And I couldn't do it when I was 20. I had to be 45 (laughs) before I could go, oh, you know, that's just the maturity of, of, uh, of the journey. If you're fortunate enough to live a long life and not everybody does, then, uh, then, uh, you know, the one thing about growing old that's that's that you can only get from growing old is perspective. Right. That's the one thing you can't get any other way. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. You can't even experience it until you've done it. That's, How can I make evaluations about different 
situations that come into my life, uh, if I haven't had 50 of them, 100 of right. them, 300 of them, now right. I've got all kinds of information I can evaluate. I didn't have when I was 20. That's so so good. I couldn't have yeah. done it. Uh, so when you say, gee, I, I envy guys like you, well, A, I, I know what you mean, mm-hmm. but, but, but you have to understand that there are no accidents, only providence. Oh, yeah. Nothing is an accident. There, it's, this is all a big game God has created uh, that he's in control of. And so your journey of atheism uh, prior to your salvation was crucial and necessary for the little slot of life that you inhabit with the little dominion of, of sphere of influence that God gave you for this Amen. little moment of existence on this season in, in, in humanity, you were necessary yeah. to run the life you ran, to experience the things you did, so you could look back to other folks who lived, walked your path and say, I, can, I can't fix it for you. I can't walk it for you, but I can tell you, I know exactly what you're going through because mm, that I've done. And that's something that I don't get. See, right. I don't get to say I was an atheist. Right. Never was. Now, I certainly questioned a lot of things about God. I'm an intellectual. Right. So and, and, and that just simply means the way my mind is wired right. is I don't just take things at face value. I question everything. I'm a skeptic. I try to... I can't even hear something about running it through my head and thinking about it. to me a sermon. I hear a, I go to a church service and I hear a guy say one thing that intrigues me one line. I'm done. I don't need any more sermon. It's like, mm-hmm. let me think about that. And let me just right. ruminate on that thing. That's enough. That's right. it's a it's a it's that sacred uh, place that the contemplatives used to do of of uh, of being um, uh, taking time to to be. Um, in meditation mm, that's good, and, yeah. and, and we fear that oftentimes yeah. in the west we fear the word as though it's some right. sort of eastern new age thing instead of saying that's funny because the bible says meditate on his word in other <laughs> words take time to let it just seep in and be enough don't you right. I mean, we we don't we forget that some god is so deep clearly mm-hmm. that sometimes it takes a he tells us something and then a thousand years later we go oh i get it right Oh, totally. Yeah. Like it took that long for humans to go, oh, I see what you got. I see. That's how deep he is. It's like, I'm going to tell you this now. Why didn't you tell us this? uh, uh, You know, why did you only come Jesus uh, back in 2000 years ago in the, you know, Bronze Age? You know, why didn't you tell people now? It's like, first off, because I had to do it start then because I knew it was going to take you 2000 years to get it. I had to start somewhere and, you know, now, then I got to wait another thousand years for folks to catch up. And by the, by the way, world's not going to be around that long. That's great. um, Anyways, I I just, I don't want you to, I mean, I I don't want you to negate the value of your atheism because it gave you a perspective and a life history that will that you can help and heal and teach others in ways i can't right because no. i have a different story right i get i get that i just you know sometimes i look back on you know you know i'm 50 i'm 53 i'll be two years ago i started um seminary you know i've been preaching and teaching for 17 years but it's all through my, me reading my bible me studying and all of that kind of stuff and 
So the church I pastor um, allowed me to go to, to school and, and literally just last night I'm in class and uh, I'm the oldest guy by gosh, 25, 30 years, you know, I should, I should be the professor sitting there, but I'm the, the guy here. And all of a sudden the kids were like, well, pastor Jody, what do you think? You know, what, what are the, and you could just see the, you know, these 20 somethings that they haven't gone through it. They haven't been, they don't have the wisdom. You know, I've got a lot of gray hair, hair here. I think it's, you know, 32 years of marriage plus the wisdom that God has given me. Um, but it's, it's one of those things that you can start seeing as, I wish I had what I have now, you know, back then. And I wish I could give it to them for, so they'll understand it. But you're right. You know, God, God's going to use it and it'll be 10, 15 years later. They'll go, oh, that's what that was talking about. Well, I mean, you know, think about what you even said about uh, being in seminary or in university uh, academic uh, mm -hmm. situation. Think about how superficial uh, oh, academics yeah. really are totally. uh, i'm going to give you a doctorate in this thing i'm going to give you a, a, a you know a bachelor's of arts in this thing what does that mean well you've studied x amount of books you memorized x amount of pieces of information thus we deem you an expert on a b and c now clearly if you want to be a doctor and a heart surgeon or certain things Right. There's information you got to learn and grasp totally. that only comes right. through academic study. But think about people getting honorary doctorates. What do they get oh. that for? Because <laughs> their life lived no yeah. has the knowledge and the depth of wisdom that they have that they have tried to quantify by by doing a certain amount of tasks right. that gives you this this doctoral moniker and i say to you no my doctorate is i lived a life right and i've done it you know i look at so many of these you know so much of the destruction of america right now is uh happened because the left uh in uh took took over the universities right they they That's learned that educating the youth uh, and indoctrinating the youth, youth and controlling the thoughts of the youth uh, would destroy America. They would control it because they would take the generations that should have taken through the traditions and right. the uh, and the beauty and the um, the traditions and, and, and the history of this great nation right. and pass it on, learn from the mistakes, be grateful for the great things. And continue to grow and be as good as you can be. And they circumvented that and brought in a cancer uh, of, of Marxism, uh, which is what the left is, pure Marxism, uh, and um, destroyed us. So, yeah. so they don't have, um, there's a lot of, of intelligence. Atheists oftentimes are very smart. Mm -hmm. They're not wise. Yeah, wisdom exactly. wisdom looks at yes. uh the 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 ideas and the thoughts and the behaviors of the ages yeah. it's able to assess just like i said as you get older you've lived a life with enough information that you can assess and make wise decisions well that's what history is look at the history of thousands of years of human uh um behavior and see what worked and what didn't that's just right. using wisdom 
uh, they don't do that. I mean, think about what they call themselves now. Progressives. Progressives. Yeah, exactly. Progressives. We, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Everything that happened before is dark and evil right. and bad. And we're going to progress. They never define what progress is. Right. They never decide why their particular vision of the future somehow is superior, especially because it hasn't happened yet. Right. They use terms that never fit the, the the reality of the moment. What do they say? Uh, you're on the wrong side of history. Am I? Because history is something that has happened. You're telling right. me you want to do something in the future. I don't agree that you say I'm on the wrong side of history. No, let's wait till your crap crumbles and falls. Amen. And we can look at that history and go, no, not only were you on the wrong side no. of history, you were evil and destructive. Right. And you and 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 you uh, ruined something beautiful. Uh, so, uh, for example, men and women are different. It's suddenly controversial. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, well, excuse me. So we got right. what we have like six, seven thousand years of recorded human history. Every right. tribe, every village, every religion, every philosophy, every continent, and every wake of life from every class system and economic uh, uh, human endeavor has known without question. Their men and women are different and are unique. If anybody's on the wrong side of freaking history, it's you. That's, yeah, exactly. We've got thousands of years. You get, I'll tell you what, 7,000 years from now, if everybody says, yeah, men and women were always the same and there's no such thing, then you have something to talk about. Until then, you couldn't be further on the wrong side of history. As a matter Amen. of fact, you're only on the right side of absurdity. Right. That's where you are. And I, as a comic, can use rhetoric, uh, right. the, the, the control and the um, use and leverage of words. Words are simply dissemination of information right. uh, uh, to explore these ideas and hopefully um, expose lies uh, hopefully get to some truth, hopefully make people think differently, hopefully make people evaluate differently, and maybe just maybe inspire people right. uh, to change uh, ideas and behaviors that are destructive, so right. that we potentially have a shot that America can continue uh, as a free nation. We are at an, a, a, a place in our history, uh, I think that is as dramatic and crucial as the Revolutionary War or the Civil War, where the country could be split and we could be destroyed. I never would have thought that would have happened in my lifetime. I certainly wouldn't have thought that free speech would ever be at stake uh, in America because it's enshrined in the First Amendment. Right. But it's, it is uh, as fragile and as, um, uh, you know, at the at the the edge of of of, of the mm -hmm. cliff of falling off uh, as maybe maybe just about any time in our history so i want to try to at least go down swinging Amen. if i don't survive uh, as a man and as a christian in other words if i'm killed or imprisoned i went down swinging if right. i tried to stand up for truth even when i was hated and mocked and ridiculed uh, I went down swinging. Right. Uh, Christians are the last truth tellers on earth. We're the last ones. Uh, and we uh, are obligated 
to speak mm -hmm. the truth because the savior that we say we believe in said he was the truth, not a truth, not right. a philosophy, not a religious, not a construct to, to consider. He said, I am truth. And from which all truth derives. So, you know, I'm at a place in my life where, and it's funny because I've been talking about political correctness, cultural Marxism, uh, the destruction of free speech, religious liberties, all these things for 20 something years. Right. Uh, and uh, warning people what it was going, because as a comic who needed words, I saw what was coming as well as yeah. someone who studied uh, the word and, and studied philosophy and, and tried to understand right. human nature and so forth. And I said to folks, uh, you know, this is, this is bad. Where we're heading right. is, is bad. So uh, I, I, we need to, to, to write the ship. So I've been talking about these ideas for a long time. And now I've gotten more fans, <laughs> more, <laughs> uh, people saying, who are you? Where have you been? Oh my gosh. And they're looking at back catalog I've got six albums out. So, the, so right. some of these people are looking at stuff from Put a Helmet On, which was 2003, right? So almost 20 years ago, saying, oh, this guy is a genius. He's talking about blah, blah, blah. But it's like, dude, I said it 20 years ago. Right, exactly. <laughs> I needed you then. I got before a great, we got here. I got a and great story about that, too, in a minute. So that's where they're at, you know. So that's kind of where I'm right. at is, is finding myself being ahead of my time as to the warning right but it's but it, i guess it leads me to where i am now in my career where god called me to the church he said i'm you're going to be a prophet to the church of america praise god uh until mm. until you're done and that's what i didn't see coming it's not what i wanted it's not what i was interested in i ran from it i fled from it i am not an evangelist i am not here to for the for the unsaved i mean i i'll tell God's story, and, and some people certainly hope that they they believe in it. Right, right. It's not my call. My call is to people that go to church and think they're Christians, and I'm here to say, no, you're not. Praise God. That's how, that's how Man Up God's Way was started. I literally, I gave my life to the Lord in 2003. Um, I just, I remember I had, my children were just born. I've got uh, a 21-year-old and a 20-year-old, and then I've got twin 11-year-olds, and they were, the older ones were just born, and we call them the bigs and the littles. The bigs were just born, and as an atheist, I remember holding them and looking in their eyes um, while I'm, you know, I got them both, and all of a sudden, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, their eyes are looking at me. There's this memory going into their brain through this optic nerve, and all the while, that's being implanted into their head. The, the brain is teaching them to breathe, and their blood's flowing, and all this, and that was that opening for God to kind of go, they weren't born in a cesspool of algae like you think they were. Yeah. And they were created and that opened the door. And the next thing you know, in 2003, I gave my life uh, to the Lord. And um, it, it's one of those moments where I'm in the church. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm brand new. I'm excited. I finally got the Bible that's got, I, I had never read a Bible. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'd never read a book. I grew up with cliff notes and you're, probably remember cliff notes and they, they were you know just little bitty thin books that you could read a whole novel or get the synopsis of a novel and so they we didn't have google and all of that i'm in the church i'm standing around and not a single person says man i i see that you're you're flaging you're, you're failing here and i want to help you here and i want to grow here and uh, luckily the pastor saw that i you know missed a sunday and then you know kind of wasn't really diving into it. And he discipled me. And um, 
I saw men within two years, I was literally teaching, uh, became the assistant pastor or associate pastor. Like I was being a pastor in training, basically what it was. And I'm teaching guys who claim to be Christians, 10, 15, 20 years old, uh, who just did not know the word of God. And so my point in saying all that is what you're called to do is exactly what the church needs. We've got, you know, pulpits being, being used for, um, uh, uh, celebrity instead of, you know, sharing the gospel. We've got pulpits being used as motivational speeches. We've got complacent churches that aren't doing what God has called us to do to take care of the orphans and the widows. We've given that all over to the government and the church is no longer taking care of it. And the church needs to hear what we're allowing the world to do because we're not speaking out, we're not sharing the gospel, we're not loving our neighbors, we're not taking care of the widows and the orphans, we're not feeding the poor, we're not giving drink to the thirsty, and that's a major problem in the church. That's why people don't want to come to church. That's why people call us hypocrites. That's why people don't, you know, necessarily join in in what we have, the hope that you and I have, um, not only here in this earth life, but in the next life. Our hope is in eternity in heaven, and I think the church needs to hear that more more now than ever. Well, God told me there's there's too many churchgoers in church and not enough Christians, and so I'm like, hmm, what does that even mean? And so, but I found myself, you know, when I would perform comedy, there were other things I wanted to say in the midst of that. That wasn't funny. It was deep, and it was uh, um, uh, poignant, and and it was dangerous. Uh, and so I go, what is going on? And uh, I couldn't not say it. Right. I, I mean, I, you know, I kind of, I kind of shot my, my career in the foot because when I came out as a Christian and a conservative, you know, I basically ended my shot at the tonight show or <laughs> these, right. these, these secular places where comedy comics, I'm, yeah, maybe I never would have gone on it. But my point was once I kind of drew a line in the sand as to what I stood for, I was definitely going to not have a shot at a Netflix special, whatever you call it, because right. it's, it's certainly uh, the, the antithesis of what they believe and what they think is valuable and important, and, and they don't want it to exist, and they don't want that even to be heard. Yeah. I'm not even given a place at the table of ideas, um, and it angers me uh, because um, my people uh, started this nation. Uh, right. The Pilgrims uh, were going to Massachusetts with the approval of the king, and they screwed up. And uh, I'm, I'm sorry, they're going to Virginia, and they messed up and ended up at Massachusetts. And so they said, "Well, this isn't where we had planned. So if we're going to get off here, we don't have the king's edict to say everything's cool. So we have to decide how we're going to approach this." And so they created a compact, a Mayflower Compact. If we're going to go start uh, a civilization here. We have to know what we believe and what we stand for and what the principles of this is going to be. And it's going to be that Jesus Christ is honored and that this is dedicated to him. Now, some of the sailors that helped them get there, weren't they weren't Christians. Right. And they said, you don't have to be a Christian, but you have to honor the way we're going to do things. If you're going to be part of this, you have right. to sign this thing mm -hmm. uh, that yeah, this exactly. is the DNA that we're going to establish of this nation. Obviously had no idea what what was going to be created right. with the United States. So um, uh, to me, that's my people. And I've always struggled uh, with anger. Uh, and I've had to come to grips with it over the years. 
is that there is definitely broken, um, uh, um, inappropriate um, mm-hmm. anger that's out of control. Right. That's rage. Right. That is um, um, out of balance, um, violent, uh, and and without um, restraint. But uh, the Bible says to be angry. Right. Uh, and sin not. And sin not, yeah. And Thanks. so it's like, well, what does that even mean? But what I do love is that what it does mean is you can be angry. Right. It's okay. It's a man thing. But when it's done with virtue, it's called righteous indignation. Right. And so there's this beautiful term and this beautiful sacred space of anger where the warrior man unsheaths his sword Amen. and states, I will fight for justice and truth and righteousness right. against the demons that are coming to destroy uh, the beauty and the sacred that God has created. So I'm allowed and given permission and expected to defend that territory. And right. so uh, I'm trying to learn how to do that uh, on my podcast. I uh, It's easy for folks to, uh, you know, because it, I'm a Christian, a conservative to jump on board and say, hey, I'm a Christian conservative. So let's all get together and laugh about people that aren't like us. And let's right. all think, tell each other how great we are with our perspective. And hey, don't worry, we got the Second Amendment. Ha ha, right. everybody laughs. Yeah, let's like, build a compound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they all like act like that's some sort of um, frivolous uh, concept. Right. It's like, let me explain something to you. The Second Amendment was indeed created so that men could defend themselves against a totalitarian government. But um, I don't want to it to be bloodshed. Obviously, we've had that on American right. soil. We'd certainly love to avoid it. But a militia is specifically drawn out in the Second Amendment. And so I, right. said, I said to people on my podcast, what if we were to create a militia of the mind? What if we tried to first reason with people? What if we tried first to show truth, reality? What if we first tried to explore what has happened and what failed and what works? And let's try to first see if we can find some common ground and learn to agree to disagree agreeably. Let's see if we if our militia can start uh, with uh, with some civility. Uh, now, it may not. It may not be able to. Uh, if right. I'm being attacked and, and, and they're trying to kill me and rape my daughter and shoot my kids, uh, violent, I'm going to have to defend myself. What, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm allowed that. Right. Uh, Christianity is always allowed for the defense of the innocent. Uh, we're, not a, we're not allowed uh, um, an uh, uh, offensive war. Right. We're not allowed right. to say, oh, you don't think like us? We're going to go kill you. We're right. not given that permission. Some religions right. are. We're not, but we are allowed to defend ourselves against right. those who would try to harm us. So that's the the, the difficult balance uh, that I'm trying to figure out in America. Uh, I do not worship uh, the United States of America. I worship Amen. God, but I'm grateful for this nation, and I'm going to defend it because it's the territory I was given. If right. I was in China right now, you and me be, would be having a different conversation. If we were in North Korea, we'd be having this conversation in a closet. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, not on the internet, not recorded, whispering. Now, does that mean they that 
they're not good Christians and by not standing up and saying, I'm Christians and forget all you people. I don't care what you, they immediately go are executed or put in prison and they don't even tell their children, their kids uh, that they, that these, that they're Christians. Cause they know the kids will go and um, turn them in. Mm. So think of that. Yeah, you can't yeah, tell I, your kids about Jesus because it will, it will cost you. So are they not good Christians? Because they're they're not just saying, hey, go ahead and shoot me and kill me and butcher me and torture me. They're doing the best they can under the particular territory right. these poor folks have been given. Well, I was born in the United States, the greatest nation in human history, the freest nation in human history, and the most equitable uh, nation in human history, the most um, free. Right in human history Amen. and it was and it's all those things because it was formed by people who believed in god and that we bow to god and that he is uh, the moral truth that right. all knees bow to so why wouldn't i defend that amen yeah why wouldn't i fight for that i my right. favorite part of the uh, uh, uh david and goliath story right is when Goliath is taunting them and David's looking around at everybody going, who is this uncircumcised Philistine right. that mocks my God? Where the heck are the men? Right. Who, 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 who do you think you are? And he was defending God's name. Right. And he was defending God's beauty and power and presence. He felt that I, I won't allow you to defame the name uh, of Amen. my of my lord and i and i love that again that can get tricky yeah because muslims try to defend god and they go kill people that they think blasphemed him well but, paul did this paul did the same thing you know yeah. paul paul thought he was doing the lord's work too yeah uh, until he met him on the damascus road yeah, exactly. you know? <laughs> it's like so oh, you know it's always oh, a discipline right uh, to, to 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 our our feelings our emotions can be right can be real and they can be passionate but the moment that happens uh it's very prudent to immediately stop and go now wait did i jump in front of you <laughs> or uh, or because yeah. i'm passionate but man that can get me into trouble right so, um, you know so one of the things that you know for me is i'm always trying to tell christians and and, and trying to teach them is that you know if we're going to put america before god we got it out of balance we can't necessarily we we do live in a free country i was in the military and you know i i would fight again for my country but we have to have god prior to that that has to be you know the focus that we worship god that we focus on god because god talks a lot about in the bible that um even as a slave and even as a master of slaves you are to you're you're to to worship him and to uh, no matter what position you're in or no matter where you are you're responsibility is as to worship him and sometimes i think americans especially christian americans get that out of balance and um i don't think he really cares where you live you know we we're talking about Taiwan, north korea and we we're talking about china and you know there's some devout christians there that live under what we would consider authoritative rule and don't have a voice and yet he still he still wants them to be uh, the people that he's called them to be, um, those who love him uh, with all their heart, soul, and mind, and that they love others as well. And I think Christians a lot of times get that backwards, especially during political season. Uh, and that really messes people up. 
So what are your thoughts there? Well, it's true. Uh, and it's what I've come to realize is that um, a lot of the angst that Christians are going through right now in America, when they see rights being uh, stripped away, when they see uh, religious liberties being under attack, when they see even their very faith being questioned and being um, maligned as bigotry and hatred and intolerance and this and that, um, they feel as though an anomaly has taken place, that somehow um, the enemy has, has got in and he's trying to attack this, uh, the way that uh, it's supposed to be uh, for Christians in a society. And so we need to fight back so we can retrieve uh, what God has ordained uh, for America to be, and that is always free with our religious liberties and what's, what, whatsoever. And when I began to contemplate that, I realized that the, 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 the hope and the trust and the faith that American Christians had in being safe and free to worship, they were putting in the Constitution instead of in the Bible. Mm. We looked at the, yeah. the First Amendment uh, and the first line they gave us of the First Amendment, clearly the most important right that the founders uh, enshrined, all the rights, by the way, given to us by God, was, uh, we, uh, was um, Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or forbidding the free exercise thereof. Now, the reason that was first is because it's your conscience. Uh, that's how that you're allowed to live and think your philosophy, uh, as long as it's not unconstitutional, whatever that might entail, uh, whatever you want, be an atheist, be a Christian, be a Buddhist, be whatever you want to be. Uh, we're going to give you that freedom. That is your conscience. And, and, and it's the greatest thing a human has because it gives you your free agency and your autonomy uh, to live as you choose, which, by the way, God gives us. Right. Uh, God gives us so much freedom that you can deny he exists and choose to go to hell when he doesn't want you to. Because that's how much freedom, that's how dangerous freedom is. Right. Uh, you can abuse it and you can use it to kill yourself. Yeah. So uh, what I've learned is that we accidentally, and it's the great, um, it's the great double-edged sword that we were warned about in the Bible, which is riches. Uh, we're the richest nation on earth, yeah. freest nation on earth. Uh you know, this, the whole middle class didn't used to exist throughout human history. There's usually the poor right. people and the rich people. This middle class thing is, is new. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. exactly. It, it's part, of, it's yeah. part of what Marx didn't even anticipate. Right. Uh, that there'd be this sort of comfort class of people saying, you know, I'll never be as rich as that guy, but I'm not going to be poor. I'm going to eat, going to have a roof over my head, going to have a car, going to have, I'm going to be, I'm going to have, I'm going to be rich compared to what most of the world is or has been historically. So what has happened with American Christian, and I always say American Christianity, because yes. it's different than Pakistan Christianity. Yeah, you're exactly, Christianity, you're exactly right. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. It's, it's a lazy, yes, uh, cowardly, mm -hmm. uh, um, feminine yep. Christianity. It expects to be treated with kid gloves, and safe, and it never asks anything of you. It's funny you say that because, you know, one of my, I, I do a lot of conferences and, you know, kind of the opening line is uh, I always ask the guys if they, 
ask their wives for their testicles to be able to come to this conference, you know, because they, you always look around the church and the guys are either sitting there like, or he's not there uh, with their wives and they're usually running the household. And so yeah. you do have a, a very feminine church. That's not, um, you know, standing up for the sake of God. Not that women don't thank God. The women have done what they've done. It's kept the church together as, as much as it has, but man, we need men to get back in, involved in, right. in those things because you're right. We are we are going into a battle, and it is a spiritual battle that we're fighting, uh, and we need warriors to be able to do that. And yeah. right now we don't have that. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a handful out there. Uh, yeah, exactly. as, as I go through uh, through the country, I've been in all 50 states, and uh, uh, I, you know, uh, let me give you an example. And this. I mean, I, I'm guessing I, uh, based on our conversation and the things you've said that I, I have a good vibe for the DNA of the people that listen to your pro, uh, podcast. So we're probably pretty like-minded. Uh, so this isn't going to necessarily be um, as revolutionary as maybe or, 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 or dangerous uh, statement uh, as it might be in another scenario. But um, like I told you before, um, I find myself, how do I say, it, my career uh, actually getting more robust and more people interested in me than maybe ever before, because they didn't know that I did more than just comedy. Right. They didn't understand that I was being called to something much, much deeper and more um, uh, substantive than just laughs. The comedy is just right. the package it comes in. I was called to the church as a communicator. That's my gift is communication. I laymanized big ideas to make them palatable and understandable to the average layman. But um, when a church is interested in me, and not everybody is, because I, <laughs> I scare some people. Right. Uh, nowadays, I know everything I need to know I don't have to know the pastor. I don't have to know the elders. I don't have to know their denomination. I don't have to know the theology. I can ask one question now, and I know who they are. You know what that is? What's that? What did you do for Corona? Huh. That's good. So I'll ask. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. And that answer tells me everything about their DNA, yeah. about their courage or non-courage and most importantly make let me get this very very clear right again i don't know who's listening to this and and uh this is a sensitive topic for a lot right. of folks because they feel as though if their decision as to how they engaged it was different that somehow you're attacking them or their integrity or whatever um and i'm not necessarily right. i could right. be yeah, it could be, but that I might, agree. but that would be more a an indictment on your your character or lack thereof than it is me making some sort of self righteous claim right. that my perspective is superior to. So let me tell you what I mean. Right. Um, when they first came out uh, and began to close things down, uh, there wasn't anybody, any Christian, any man, woman, child in the world who had any problem with somebody saying, listen, we got this virus. We don't know what it is. It might be manufactured from a lab. It might be some crazy thing. We're not quite sure. So here's the deal. We're going to spend like two weeks 
just laying low, staying home, mm-hmm. just so we can get a lay of the land, get see what we're dealing with, so we know how to progress. There's nobody that wouldn't that didn't say, okay, right. Yeah, we got something crazy out there. We got we got a potential black plague. Yeah, let's right. stay home for for a couple of weeks so we understand mm-hmm. how to best move forward with this particular issue because we're right. trying to be prudent and wise. Okay, no problem. Mm-hmm. Well. I'll shut my church down as a good citizen right. for a week, for a week, for two weeks. And then we'll get back into to the game. And suddenly, and I don't have to go into it. We all lived it. Right. Suddenly, right. yeah, you got to shut your business down. You don't get to work. What? I want you to wear that mask. Matter of fact, if you don't, you're a bad citizen and you're killing people. Wait, what? See this vaccine that doesn't work? You have to take it or I'm firing you. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. And by the way, you can't even uh, go to work. Oh, yeah. You can sit there in the midst of these folks and pr- protect them. But now uh, you're no longer a hero because you didn't take this vaccine. That doesn't work, by the way. Right. In human history, <laughs> everybody's like, oh, well, wait, what's wrong with you guys? We took the polio vaccine. That's true. You know why? It worked. Right. <laughs> you know how many people got polio after they took the vaccine? Oh. Nobody. Right. <laughs> you know how many people got Corona after they took the, 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 the this vaccine? Virtually everybody. everybody. Oh, but they got a booster so they could still get it. And then they right. got another one so they could still get it. Oh, and by the way, right. just to let you know, one thing we could at least expect from a vaccine is you not only don't get it, you don't pass it on. But right. they did. Right. Exactly. So you're telling me that making me take this crazy crap that's given strokes and heart disease to teenagers, right? And that I can't work if I don't take this, and I still am going to get it, and I'm still going to deliver it, which is exactly the same as if I didn't take it. But I'm the crazy one, right? Exactly. Yeah, you, know, you know, it's funny. So, I never, I've never had a flu shot, and I've yeah, never, me neither. I've never had the flu, and um, <laughs> I just got COVID about three weeks ago. I didn't obviously take the vaccine either, and um, that's one of the things that really broke my heart uh, and I was going to talk to you about that how it how it affected your career uh during that that few years because you know you see it people trying to jump online and do you know comedy is just not the same if you're not no, I'm, so I, I, I didn't I even I didn't even try that that's okay, that is that's absurd that's uh, good. I will say this about it and, and but let me wrap up okay the yeah corona thing just because I I don't want I believe that there are good Christian men and women who are trying to do the right thing, mm-hmm. who wore the mask and the double mask and got the vax and shut their and did everything thinking they were trying to be good citizens right. and love their neighbor. What I want you to learn from that, my brothers and sisters, is the abuse and the leveraging of this beautiful Christian right. concept of loving your neighbor, which isn't in atheism, it doesn't exist. It's right. not in any other religious belief system. It is the Christian virtue that no other religion has ever taught. Loving not only your neighbor, but your enemy. Brain for those that despitefully use you. There's nothing like it. If people lived a life like that, we wouldn't have war on this earth and people get along. So it's a beautiful thing. And so I give you credit. You were trying to listen. We didn't know where to look. We were having one guy say, do this. Another guy say, do that. But here's what you have to learn from. From this day forward. Mm-hmm. 
if you're a Christ follower, you live by one concept that can never be compromised. Truth. Amen. If you are given marching orders, information, how to interact with culture based on a lie, you must ignore it. Amen. You must say, I cannot, I will not facilitate lies because the father of lies happens to be the enemy of the of humanity. Right. And my God is truth. Amen. They came, secular governments came to churches and said, you are unessential. Right. And churches said, okay, and locked up. Nope. If a secular government came, and I'm not a pastor, I couldn't be, I'd right. suck at it because I can't stand <laughs> people that are stupid. <laughs> so I got to be a prophet because I don't have the te temperament you all have. You and Isaiah are right up each other's yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if they came to me and said, hey, uh, we need you to shut this thing down because you're unessential. I said, well, right. I'm sorry, what'd you say? Mm. said, your, your faith, your Christianity, your church, it's unessential. I said, not only am I going to open my doors, I'm going to rip them off the hinges. How dare you tell me right. I'm unessential? You know what we call that room in there right there? You know what we call that room? It's called sanctuary. You know yeah. what people need right now? Sanctuary. Not yeah. only am I essential, I'm the single most essential component to the world, a place of hope. You That's will great. never tell me I'm unessential. You will never blaspheme my Lord and Savior by telling me that his word and his truth is unessential because you're demonic. And I, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. So no, I will not give the illusion of being a good citizen by bastardizing the Christian message of love and, and tenderness towards my neighbor by living in a lie and allowing people to live in a lie and love them to hell. Not doing it. Amen. Not doing it. Praise God. And that's what yeah. has happened to America. And many churches shut down. And you know what the, the parishioners did that loved God and wanted to worship? They flocked. Like they flocked else. to the handful of churches that were wide yeah. open. And some of those churches never came back. And people said, oh, poor church. Right. They, they were shut down. And now they never reestablished. Re and I say, good. good. They yeah. were weeded out. Amen. They were weeded yeah. out because they were cowards and they Amen. lived a lie. They don't belong here. There's no more time for false Christianity, myopic Christianity, superficial Christianity. You know why? Because none of that is Christian. If it's safe and it's easy, it's not Christian. Right. If it's dangerous and they hate you because of the truth, not because you're a jackass, if they hate you because of truth, Amen. then you are proof that you serve God. Because Jesus said, let me tell you how you'll know you're one of mine. They're going to hate you. Hate you. Yeah, amen. Hate you for my sake. That is, your, that is your bellwether proof that you're one of mine. Amen. So that has to be told. If you took this vaccine, if you wore the mat, if you did all the things, and you look now at it and go, crap, dang it. I, I think I, I, I was right deceived that's okay man it's okay brother sister say god my bad my mistake please forgive me right. i'll never do that again come join us i get it i've made plenty of mistakes in my life thank god for his grace and mm -hmm. we will give you that grace 
But if you are one of these sitting there saying, no, 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 we let the government tell us what to do. We fear, we fear death more than God's redemption, that we are going to let secular governments tell us what to do. And you're going to claim that's Christianity. That is a breaking of the, of, of the Ten Commandments law that says you will not take God's name in vain. And if you try to use God's name to justify satanic, demonic ideas, it is a breaking of, of the commandments. You are a heretic and you're not welcome with us. You're not one of us. And right. that's my message. And if you don't like that, don't bring me into your church. And guess what? I don't want to come. You're not one of mine. That's mm -hmm. what's going on in America. It's I need you in my church then. Amen. That was great. That's good. Dave. And I apologize Thanks. if anybody found that, but I'm telling you, God has given me a marching order and a righteous indignation as a prophet to the church to say, I need warriors. You said, what did I do? The moment that they started shutting stuff down, you know what I did, brother? I started looking to South Dakota. I started looking to Idaho. Yeah, I started exactly. looking to, to states that I knew right. were not going to listen to this nonsense. I knew right. these were Second Amendment uh, gun carrying to church brothers and sisters right. who weren't going to play that game. They were not going to allow totalitarianism and despotism to steal their freedoms. And that's what broke my heart about Corona was not that they yeah. were stealing our constitutional rights. It's that Americans so freely right. gave them gave it up. Right. That's what I couldn't stand. Yeah. So I went out and I found places. Christine Nome yeah. was the only governor that never shut her state down. A woman right. had more balls than any male yeah. governor in the right. United States to say Amen. this ain't constitutional. I'm not doing it. Finally, uh, DeSantis jumps in. He jumps said, in my bed. bad. And then he became a monster. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he came in and said, you know, you get, all right, Christy, hold my beer. Get a little yeah, of this. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, we saw, so you were asking about where are the warriors, where are the, where are the men of courage? Well, they're here. They show up now and again. Right. Uh, and so um, I found like-minded uh, warriors. Amen. Who, there you go. Who knew that they needed an as assistance with what they stood for. Yeah. It's what I'm good at. It's my gift. I I can bring laughter. Yeah. And then some insight, some truth that inspires you, hopefully. Right. But hey, it isn't safe. It right. it can be irritating. <laughs> it can yeah. be, but it's supposed to. That's what Amen. refining your soul is. Is it hurts a little right. bit because we're cutting some crap off that needs to go. So I, I do men's conferences all across the nation. Oh, and nice. I, 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 I'm able to go in and do stuff that the pastor can't. And that's kind of yeah. where you are. You know, like I can say the things that bring the guys to a realization that, holy cow, I am, I am not a godly man. I am not a godly husband. I'm a crappy godly father. And, you know, it's almost like where I take the hand grenade, throw it in the church and let the pastor clean it up after I get done. Um, in a good way, because yeah. what it does is uh, I always relate it to boot camp. Like the, the sole job of a drill sergeant is to make sure that he gets you to a place to where you have nobody to um, uh, look up to other than him. Like he he's trying to get you in a place of understanding what the ch chain of command is, what orders are. And he has to break you down in order to do that in most cases. And finally, when you're on rock bottom and you've got nowhere else to look, you look up and see him. And he's like, all right, I'm here to pick you up. Because when he says duck, you're not going, well, how come? Why? You know, you're, you're dead at that point. The second you ask a question. And I think that's, 
that's sometimes, you know, where you're going to be able to go into churches and to be able to, you're going to be able to not only bring in the truth, but show them in a way that is funny, is truthful, and uh, it's something that the pastor can't necessarily, necessarily do. We shut down for uh, four weeks. After that, we opened up. Um, after that, I told my elders, I said, I will never shut down again. Like I, you know, I, 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 in the very beginning, it was like, okay, I've never been through a pandemic. Um, I don't know what the black plague looks like, but you know, as, as I started studying that, I realized, you know, the church and the monks and the priest and the, everybody, they were the ones taking care of everybody's sick. And I'm thinking, yeah. what are we doing? Hold up here. I, you know, it's just recently that some of these churches are even trying to come back. And, yeah. Well, um, and it's what, it's what I said to you though, is that I agree with you. Right. Uh, it, it, it was unprecedented. We didn't know what we were dealing right. with. So we all were a little taken off guard because right. we had we, never been asked to shut everything down. And, and we've had Spanish flus. Right. We've had all these other things that happened. They've never asked us to do this thing. But then I saw something I'd never seen in human history. I saw three different ideologies mm. come together as one. Right. Okay. So you have... Uh, you have atheistic driven, uh, state uh, uh, control uh, in the communist states, right. North Korea's, China's, who created the virus, by the way, and probably used it to weaponize to try to take right. control over the world because they're trying to take over the world. Uh, we saw those state uh, communist states who worship the state right. bow their knee and say, what do we need to do? We'll shut down. We saw theocracies, right. the Islamic states, who only ser serve Allah, right. bow their knee and shut down. Shut and down. then we had free market societies and yes. cultures like ours who have these freedoms, have these autonomies, bow their knee. Right. So for the first time in human history that I'm aware of, True. Yeah. we watched every philosophy that are antithetical bow the knee yeah. to the same right. God. And I said, I have seen the end of the world. This yeah. is what one world government looks like. It really is possible right. now. Yes, exactly. We can talk, we can talk right. to each other in real time. I'm talking to you right now. You're in Missouri. I'm in uh, uh, Tennessee. I, right. I can make a phone call on his phone and call the North Pole. Right, exactly. And in real time, talk to them. We have that capability now that everybody can be on the same page, have the same marching orders, be told the same thing, fear the same thing. So we we didn't know what we were doing. And, the, and, and people like you, my pastor did the same thing. They started looking at the evidence going, look, something doesn't add up here. Uh, we're not going to do this. This is not right. And 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 they took all the heat. They were told they were evil and they were uh, intolerant. They were and all the fear and and the trembling of people. Uh, even though the legacy of Christians is walking into the villages during the Black Plague instead of right. uh, walking into the uh, uh, those who were uh, suffering from. Uh, leprosy, leprosy and, right. and being there and, and dying sometimes uh, because they felt like this will show the world what freaks look like. We all know what humans look like. We right. know, all know how humans respond to human stimulus. And suddenly there's this one group of humans that are 
acting supernatural naturally. It makes no sense. Why are you loving this enemy? Why are you praying for this despiteful issue? Why are you endangering yourself for somebody that isn't your relative? I don't understand. What is it you're doing? Who are you people? I want in. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's what we were designed to do. So I was given, I started uh, the God Experience weekend. I'll come in on a Friday night, do men only. Saturday night, comedy, bring your friends. Sunday mm -hmm. service, teach, inspire. Sunday night, apologetics show to prove that God exists. That's what I'm doing. I, 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 I got another guy who's an opera singer. We, we created a show called The Spirit of America. Where right. He sings and talks about being an immigrant to America. And I talk about our history and why this is the greatest nation on earth. And we're going to lose it if we don't fight. I, have a, I work with Rick Green out of Texas, uh, who has Patriot Academy, teaches the youth about right. conservative values and Christian values and the Christian heritage. He works with wall builders, David Bartons. And him and I do a sh show called The Comedy and Constitution Show. We also do some stuff with uh, Kirk Cameron. And then I, I do show. So my my entire life has turned into a ministry to defend God first, yeah. tell his story first, stand, go to the church first and say this, the days of coming to Christ like this, bow your head, close your eyes. Nobody's looking. If you want to accept the greatest gift in human history, raise your hand, but don't worry because we don't want to embarrass you. Right. Right. Those days are gone. Yeah, they have if to. You be, can't wide open, wide eyed, stand up by yourself and say, I don't give a crap what you think. I need this freedom. And right. if you can't do that in front of a thousand people who already did that, you don't have a shot out in the world. You Amen. don't have a shot out That's in the good. world. That's really so. Good. This is the new Christianity. This is the third great awakening. You, we either fight for that, believe right. for that, pray for that, and expect that. Or you might as well pack it up because America is it's over dead. Yeah. If you look back at history, you can see the great nations of, of uh, past history. You look at the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Greeks, the Romans. Um, in every case, their ending was about, it was almost exactly identical to what we're doing. You know, yeah. they're letting every nation in without, you know, um, assimilation. Um, you know, everybody's opinion matters. Like, uh, every religion matter, every sexual orientation. But it's but it's all, all but the Bible has already described. Yeah, that. you're it's exactly how, right. If if you let you're people right. in who do not respect your culture, your civilization, right. and do not assimilate, you don't forget your heritage or your right. ethnicity. You honor it. Sure, this right. country was built on immigrants, and it wouldn't have been great without them. But yeah, exactly. every one of those immigrants came here to say, "I want to become one of you." Right. Not, I'm going to just build my version of our of my crappy country right. here because you actually have a place where i can do that no you became right. one of us you know what the bible says a house divided falls falls so right if you aren't of one yeah. mind you don't have all the, the yeah. same tastes and flavors but if you don't have the same foundational truths right. that you honor if there is not an expectation of citizenship of what mm -hmm. we expect from you to become part of us then you're dead you're dead and yeah exactly you can make yeah. no mistake the left right. and progressives and you know, this has nothing to do with politics. The Democratic Party has embraced that. I'm right. simply giving you a re historical reality. They right. have taken on that mantle. They are dismantling America. They are letting an invasion into this nation that is not take care of the stranger and the poor and the meat. That has nothing to do with it. You know, I can prove it. I can prove it. Take the most progressive uh, heretical Christian, and that's what, you know, 
progressive Christianity is. Right, heresy. exactly. Hey, heresy, yeah. Have somebody come up to their and knock on their door and just say, hey, what's going on? Yeah, I've decided I'm going to live in your house. I'm sorry, right. what? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, me and my wife are going to take your master bedroom. My kids are going to take your kids' room. You're going to subsidize it. You're going to pay for my food. You're going to pay for my lodging. And then in about few, four, four or five years, you're going to give me your house and you're going to go find another one. Why is that? Because your house is better than mine. Right. So I get to keep yours because you got it unjustly. And I want to know how many of you guys would say, oh, no, that makes sense. That's what Jesus would do. No. Right. You know what that's called? Coveting and theft. There it's you been go. covered in the, in the Ten Commandments. It's that's not good. Christian at all. And right. that, that misuse and abuse of the virtues of Christianity to corrupt Christian discipline, where we get the word disciple, is killing the church in America. It's why we're the weakest of all the Christian churches in the world. Well, you've got a biblically illiterate church right now that has no clue what the word of God says. And so when somebody comes in and shares something that sounds like the word of God, they're like, oh, that right, that makes but a lot that's of what sense. I'm saying. Yeah, that's exactly. I, no, I, you are. They yeah. take, yeah, they, yeah. Is the, 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 they're, they're smart enough to take the beautiful yes. element. Keep in mind, exactly. atheists yeah, use right. Christian I'm, virtues. Yep. What is social justice? It's a bastardization of, right. of justice that God in the new in the Judeo-Christian ethic gave humanity, created right. the West. It takes real justice and it bastardizes it by creating yeah. this this coveting and this jealousy and this power control to sup to to basically give to themselves what they consider the other people are doing, which is abusing power. So right. it's a lie. It's all a yeah. lie. That's what I teach when yeah. I come into a church. It's ridiculous that Even I have to do that. I'm a comic. I should have been left alone. <laughs> being a comic. Well, you, you and you, God you, said, nope, nope, yeah. nobody else is listening. But you said something earlier. I can do something a pastor can't. Right. He listen, I, I swear to you, I to me, the greatest, the most difficult calling is pastor because mm. they have to have this temperament that puts up with uh, weak uh, yeah. uh, uh, people who don't want to study, don't want to grow, don't want to participate, don't want to give, but they want everybody to give them stuff. And this guy has to be kind to them and walk them through and whatever. And so guess what? I wasn't called to be a pastor because I right. wouldn't put up with that. Well, guess what? They need a guy to do that. Yeah. I'm yeah. not it. Yeah. Right. I come in as a prophet eating bugs, wearing camel's hair, what saying, boom yeah and then it changes right. some folks it opens up some things and then the pastor comes behind me sweeping up everything up going i don't yep. know what that was i have no yep. idea what that was all about but anyways anybody that needs some some direction now with this right. new concept i'll be happy to walk you through it but he needed me mm -hmm. yeah, exactly yeah come in and sort of shake some things up so that he could sort of rebuild uh, at a higher level, at a more mature level, the next phase of his ministry that God is running for him. That's why God broke things yeah. apart and said, you are a body, many members, yeah. one body. Don't think that one uh, uh, part of the body is less important. Right. We have parts we don't talk about our colons a lot. Guess what? I need it really yeah. bad, really <laughs> bad. Do I need my colon? We don't want to talk about it. And it's just as necessary, maybe more so right. than your little finger. So right. that's my point. God right. said, I'm going to, I'm going to, everybody's important, but you'll have different roles right. and 
the reason I broke it up is because if everybody had everything, you'd be, you'd do it, you'd go alone. I right. created a, a world where you have to be in community. You will need each other because you all have a piece of the puzzle. Right. And that's what forces us to come into communion and be a church, one Amen. body, trying to work in significance, to leave a legacy before we head on. And by the way, God wins every time. And right. the moment we, we, we close our eyes on this earth and we enter into eternity, we're done. Praise we, God. We got the greatest undeserving gift of all time perfection with our creator for eternity and all he's asking is for this little moment that you are a three-dimensional being with five senses in a sin-filled world will you do me a favor and tell the rest of my created order who i am that's all i'm asking it's going to cost you it's going to hurt right but will you just do that one thing for me because wow. think about this, brother. We're alive for eternity. There's no mathematical number that's right. worth counting compared to eternal. Yeah. You take the largest number you can come up with, it, it's zero compared right. to eternity. Right. And yet, in our in you, as I talk to you, as you talk to me, as anybody listens or watches this, you're eternal. Yeah. Everybody's eternal. Mm-hmm. You live forever. Don't know where you're going. Right. Better know Jesus. But you're eternal. Amen. But this tiny eyelash of a moment of your eternal existence is the only time in your existence Mm. that you can give something to God. He doesn't have your will. Amen. He doesn't get that. Amen. You can withhold it. I'm not giving you that. I'm not doing that. I'm not. This is it. When I go to heaven and have whatever pathetic gifts I have to give him, Lord, this is all I got, man. Mm. I I should could have had more. I didn't do so good. But that's a a massive moment. I had some stuff to give you. I tried to serve you the best I could. And this is all I got. But thank you. This is it. This is it. This is your legacy for eternity. You better do some damage for the kingdom while the getting's good because time is running out. Wow. So you that's a massive burden, dude. It um, sucks. <laughs> I don't like it. I, yeah. Look at I, I'm not kidding. Holy cow, dude. I don't like it. I will I'm I, in angst. I'm, I'm in constant. And I found this out about prophets. They are they they, yeah. they struggle uh constantly with depression. Pressure. Yeah, exactly. Always because they're yeah. like going, what have you done? I don't want this. Right. Every man ever did anything significant for God and human history all had one thing in common. They were absolutely convinced they were the wrong man for the job. Amen. That's right. how you'll know you've been called because you're God. No, 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 not yeah. me. Not me. Come on. That's for that guy. Can I just go read his books, go to his seminars, right. listen to his church, and just go my merry way and not have to get my hands dirty? God said, no. No, you can't. Not right. if you're going to be a man. Right. Not if you're going to be a warrior. Mm. Not mm. if you're going to come to my throne room with a sense of dignity. I wasn't great. Failed a lot. But I died like a warrior. Praise God, dude. Amen. Well, I, you will, um, 
you will be in my prayer and my prayer list on my prayer list as you go out and do this, because, um, dude, I, I'm telling you, it's a massive burden and I've, I'm, you know, I'm burdened for you and with you. I want you to know that. And I hope others listening will also be praying for you as well. So, well, listen, you if you are a pastor out there or a ministry that wants some fun and some laughs, but also some truth that is there to assist. I'm not there to, to right. harm people. I'm not there to try to um, judge or I'm not doing any of those things. I go in there giving uh, concepts that I believe God has asked me to tell the church in this day and age. Amen. And if you would like something like that and you're a pastor or a ministry, um, just go to bradsign.com and, and uh, bring me in because uh, this is how I make my living too. God is right. pays me to, <laughs> to go say these things. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was weird. Uh, I was a comic before I, I made people laugh and they paid me. And that's all I knew. Uh, then I became a ministry, a 501c3 ministry, God's comic ministries, uh, right. and people can donate or they can, I'd never lived like that. It's weird. Right. It's a weird way to do it. it. Is, like, it I don't know yeah. how to, but anyways, so I'm just saying to folks out there, um, if you listen to this going, my people need that, or I need that. Um, hey, get a hold of me and uh, let's work something out. I'd love to come in and talk. I wish I was working every weekend yeah. uh, in churches, trying to inspire uh, Christians. If anything I said today inspired you, I'm grateful. But if you Thanks haven't God. taken it and bring it out into the marketplace where your sphere of influence right. is, Amen. I've wasted my time. Amen. And so have you. Amen. So I want you to actually take this and run with it. I'm just one tiny piece of the puzzle. I don't know how much more time I got left, boys. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> here we go. Buckle exactly. up. So I saw you um, in 2004 at a Promise Keepers, and I had just given my life to the Lord in uh, May of uh, 2003. So I'm I'm just, I'm growing. And this was right at the peak of promise keepers. I, I had no clue what promise keepers was. I was in a church that was, you know, in a, a hotel, which to me, I grew up in Kentucky and everything was uh, brick mortar, you know, steeple, five columns in the front kind of churches. That's kind of what I grew up with. And um, I go with a group of guys, plus three, uh, two of my brothers, uh, my blood brothers and uh, biological brothers. And we go to this and we're all just relatively newly saved. And, um, it starts off and it's in a huge arena in St. Louis and there's probably 15,000 men in here. And all of a sudden they start singing, uh, we love Jesus. Um, yes, we do. We love Jesus. How about you? And I'm the, I'm this guy that's just coming out of the bars. I used to fight all the time. I'm drinking and all this kind of, I thought, Holy cow, I came to the wrong place. This is a gay convention. And I was yeah. like, I was like, what is going on by the end of that? that session. And by the end of that day, and then I heard your, um, I've got two brand new babies. My wife is, uh, uh, you couldn't walk in without hand sanitizer, touching the babies. And, you know, the grandmas had to wear like suits and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And then all of a sudden you come out with your, uh, stand up on, put a helmet on. I have never laughed so hard in my life. I cried the whole time because, you, you, you know, you'd say stuff like we grew up with steel dashboards and, you know, now they, it's like bubble wrap and all of that kind of stuff. Well, you, you put that together, the messages that they had, the music that they had, something that I'd never seen before, 
by the end of that, I was on my face. I was crying. I was, you know, promising my brothers and I were all promising that we would never leave our wives, you know, because we all grew up in divorced uh, homes and, you know, it was just a, an amazing event. And so that's, that was my first time that I'd ever saw you um, in person. And I just, I want to tell you that, you know, to this day, you know, almost 20 years later, it's still, uh, it is impactful, you know, so what you're doing and, and how you're doing it in a way that it relates, mm. you know, sometimes sermons can be stuffy and they don't relate or, you know, the pastor's doing 50 of them a year and he's just tired. And, um, you know, sometimes I'm reading the word and then all of a sudden some guy comes up like you and just gives it to me in layman terms in a funny way that just brings, you know, like, put a helmet on was it was exactly where I was living at that time and where you're at right now is exactly where I think most of the world is living you know God's got something on your heart now that is 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 truthful and impactful and the church needs to hear it or else you know, sounds like I need to be coming to your church Oh, praise God, dude! I'll I'll have you here in a heartbeat. Yes, big time. Let me know. Well, uh, listen, I'm I, I'm I'm grateful that that was helpful to you at that time in your life. Uh, but as you know now, being in ministry this long, right. all you do is say what you believe you're supposed to say, Amen. and who it impacts isn't really your responsibility. Your right. responsibility is to do what you're told. Uh, but when people come to you later and say, wow, that changed my life, you're great. You're humble, but you're grateful. Right. It's like, man, I'm glad that helped somebody because I just thought I was doing my thing and yeah, exactly. I didn't know yeah. how much somebody needed that at that time so it's a humbling thing but you're also grateful that obviously that you were able to help somebody through a time in their life when when what you said uh, had some some weight uh and some uh, gravitas that they uh, uh needed to move to uh, the next season in their life so uh, i'm glad i, I was there man I want to encourage you as you go out with this message that is very heavy, that is uh, very bold, and I know um, very burdensome uh, just in our conversation here. I want to encourage you to remember that, like, you know, don't don't worry about the message, worry about the, and, and actually, let me rephrase it, don't worry about the impact, but worry about the message, because that message is going to be so impactful that people will remember it for years. Um uh, and, and everything that you're doing, I mean, I'm just, I'm excited for you. I'll be praying for you big time because that's a, that's a massive me message. Is, are you still doing the unapologetics um, tour? Is that? Well, I mean, unapologetical tour was really just sort of a derivative of, of my last album, which was, which was called unapologetical. I'm actually working on the next album. So okay. uh, some of the material is, uh, is new. A lot okay. of it's new. Uh, but um, I just used the unapologetical, uh, unapologetically American tour as a way to just describe what I'm doing. So folks that read that either go, oh, right. I don't want that. Or they go, oh, that sounds like my kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I'm just using it like that. But uh, I'm always working on the next uh, the next material. It's yeah. hard. Comedy's hard. It takes uh, uh, a lot of time to find an hour's worth of, of material that, right. that's funny. So uh, that's what I'm doing now. But uh, Anybody that sees me or brings me in, and I got churches that are bring me in, obviously, even up until next year, uh, we'll be see some new material being worked okay. out, as well as, like I said, the, the other things that God has me say while I'm there. So, um, I mean, like I said, it, it's hard uh, yeah. and it's and it's overwhelming uh, at times, but also. 
I can't not do it. So it just right, tells yeah. me that's what the anointing is. So, yeah. okay, then I'll just do it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, once you, I always tell people like, they're like, well, how did you end up becoming a pastor? And I was like, I was called like, there's, there's no other way of describing it. It's not something I desired. It's not something I would wish on my worst enemy, but I couldn't imagine not doing it uh, and defending God uh, in the same time and him just making me miserable for not doing yeah. it. So yeah, I, I get what you're saying. So uh, if people want to like size, do you look for a specific size of a building, uh, no. seats, anything like that? No, okay. I even created a, uh, um, I even created a, uh, a show called No Church Too Small, uh, and I did that a few years ago because I would go into some churches that were smaller, and they go, "Oh, I, I, I can't believe you'd come to our little church in the middle of nowhere," and and it, almost like they were apologizing or or embarrassed right. that I would lower myself. And I remember feeling dirty in a way yeah. internally because I'm going, "Why wouldn't I come to you? I mean, you're just Christian." people right. doing your thing and i so am i why would you put me in that category that i i'm been you're beneath me it's right. like that's about the last thing it is and here's the thing <laughs> if i never walked into joel osteen's church again <laughs> he's not closing the doors right he's he's gonna he's gonna survive mm -hmm. uh financially yeah exactly uh, yeah but there's these little guys uh, out in the outskirts of the Ozarks in, right. in their little church or in Idaho or whatever, who don't have any money right. or a lot. They don't have a lot of discretionary funds like some churches do. Right. And they are helping their community the best they can, reaching out by vocational pastor more than likely. They're, I mean, they're struggling. Yeah. They need something to shout about. And guess what? Can't afford it. Right. They just don't have any money. I can't do it. So I felt like, how can I figure out a way to help those guys? And so um, what happened is I'd find usually an anchor church, a church that has money set aside to bring in special guests. That becomes kind of my anchor that I can yeah. go to. And then I said, you know, pastors out there in the outskirts that have smaller churches that don't have uh, the same kind of financial opportunities that you do. And let's figure something out. And I worked God. sliding scales with them because All I figured... Right. I want to help them. And you, you guys, well, that ain't fair. How come we have to pay full? Cause right. you got the money. That's why. Yeah, exactly. That's why right. you're paying for it. Right. Be grateful that you're, you're blessing these other guys. So they right. have a shot at something. What are you talking about? That's a great uh, idea. That, you know, so, so anyways, I can work with any, pretty much any size. Right. I, I can, I can find a fee and, and or love offering connect we can work out a deal where you can sell tickets some churches right. want to do that oh we want it to be free it's like it's not about you're selling the gospel it's like saying look we we don't have the money for this but hey right. if all of us parishioners pitch in and spend 10 bucks 20 bucks we can do something right special. exactly it's yeah. not hard if you just all decide this matters and we want this and it will be valuable and you yeah. bring your non-believing friend to a church service that i promise they have never seen before yeah, exactly and, they, right. and, and and it might it might show them mm -hmm. a a version of christianity that they didn't know existed right and that they might be intrigued by that it actually mm -hmm. might be what they needed to say maybe i ought to give this uh a look and and give it a try because uh I, I'd never seen it like this. And so, Praise God. And so you've answered questions perhaps that they hadn't had answered. Before. Right. Yeah, exactly. So especially with, especially where you're headed now, I think that's going to answer even more questions, you yeah. know, um, or, or at least give them more insight of, 
you know, especially what God's laid on your heart for the church to hear. And, and it's also what the world needs to hear as well. Yeah. yeah. Do you have uh, social media uh, that we can I do? Uh, I, I'm on my my podcast. It's called Brad Stein has issues and uh, it's on uh, Facebook live. So you can go follow me and, and watch me every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'm also on YouTube. Uh, right. I have a channel called Brad Stein Has Issues, and you can watch it streaming there live. Uh, I am on Instagram and Twitter, though they throttle me back. Yeah, uh, the club. I'm a yeah. Christian conservative, so yeah. they don't let me grow. But my Facebook's pretty big. But eventually, it's possible that they'll take me off well i can tell you they're already we have eight hundred and seventy-five thousand followers on facebook and they're already they're throttling us big time yeah anytime i put a link i get like 10 likes i put a stupid meme on there i get ten thousand. uh you know i put a video on there it's five people watching it and it's just you know one thing after another so well that's and i'm in the same boat so you know but but i will let god show i'm a i'm a tech idiot so i don't know how to do it but there's a plat there's platforms like you're learning uh, of places to place your material uh that you kind of control and isn't controlled by by big tech which are bigots they they simply don't you know they they are woke uh and they have learned that woke is worth money and right. if they play woke, uh, they will get more money uh, and it allows them to do other things yeah. that aren't so virtuous uh, and they get away with it right? Uh, because of uh, the fact that they uh, uh, placate uh, the left. So mm-hmm. it, it is what it is. It's not right. anything. I'm not giving you any kind of revelation. Nobody's wondering, is this really true? It's not. A right. We all know now. We all know. Yeah, this is what is really happening. That free speech does not exist in America right. uh, for certain groups. So right. so what uh, I could you know, whinge about it, or I yeah. could just fight back the best I can and find a back door like God has always given us. Amen. He wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. So anyways, I can work with just about anybody. Uh, if you are smaller, if your budget is is more limited, all I usually say is you just help me find another guy n- the next night and we'll make a little mini tour out of it. And it'll make right. it cost effective for me if I combine all that dough right. uh, so I can afford to live, uh, but it'll help you too. So we'll make it happen. I'm, I'm in ministry, so right. I feel obligated to go to places that feel like they need me there. Then I feel it's like, God has said, okay, go there and let's see how this pans out. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I, um, you know, if a church comes to me and say, well, our budget is so-and-so, I'm like, okay, well, my fee is this, this, and this. And if a church says, well, we don't have a budget and, you know, not really sure, I'm like, well, just do a love offering. You know, that's fine. I'll come do a love offering. And uh, those usually pay better than the, the fee that I've charged. So uh, that might not Yeah, be you a, never know. I mean, you know, some, some of the smaller it, churches that give me more money than the bigger churches. So sometimes they do. Uh, sometimes they're, they're yeah. taught to give and to trust and, and they end up being even more generous and yeah. God rewards that, you know, you, you, you reap what you sow. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at. And uh, uh, again, like you said, uh, you oh. or anyone pray for me, just help Heck me figure yes. it out, try to do the right thing, try to stay in the straight and narrow try to fight whatever the enemy would bring against me and, and just hear God and, and try to be, um, you know, try to, 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 to deliver the message from him, not from me. And hopefully it does what it's intended to do until I'm done with, until my, until my journey's done. I'm trying to finish the last third of my life on earth, um, doing damage for the kingdom. Amen. 
you know, it's funny. I was just talking to my elders at our elder meeting the other day, and I did a study on a, above reproach. Um, I don't know if you saw just recently, Matt Chandler down in the village church fell, you know, he, good and bad. It, he brought it up to his elders. The elders did the right thing, setting to the side and going to restore him and all of that kind of stuff. The bad, he just, you know, texted the wrong people and the, he shouldn't have been doing some of that stuff. But I brought up this, uh, this study about what elders, what it means to be above reproach. And, um, uh, it, 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 it scares me, you know, to watch these guys fall. And, um, you know, one of the things that we need to do is pray for each other, you know, cause sometimes we put people up on this pedestal thinking, man, that's, you know, I gleaned a whole lot of stuff off of Matt Chandler and the Mark Driscoll's and the Ravi Zacharias and all these kind of stuff. And, you know, I look at Brad Stein and, you know, some of these guys and I, I, you know, I elevate you probably higher than you should be elevated in any given day. For sure. Um, you know, my point in saying that is that, um, uh, I will, I will be praying for you, um, to, to the point of, of learning that, that above reproach and that you, and, and I was telling my elders, I, I want to be the guy that finishes well, mm -hmm. you know, I want to, I want to, I want that. And I need your encouragement. I need your, uh, admonishing. I need your proverbial poke in the chest to make sure I'm doing that. And, um, that's what I'll be praying for you. I want you to, you. I want you to finish well. Um, well, I, I appreciate that. And I can use it. And, and of course you as well. Well, just keep in mind, I got a lot of great inspiration from uh, Ravi Zacharias myself. Me too. Yeah. Along that light. And yeah. the only thing I can say uh, to that is we're all sinners saved by grace, right. certainly. Uh, and all that does to me is prove Christianity is true. Because what Christianity promised was we're all sinners, we're right. all fall, we're all struggling. And yeah. when people use that as, oh, you're hypocrites because you do A, B, and C, I say, no, 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 we're consistent. We are exactly right. what God told us was. Exactly. What you don't understand That's good. What, what you don't understand is what grace is. That's what you don't get. That's the one thing you in, in right. progressive and leftism and wokeism, you know what they have none of? They have plenty of malice. They have right. plenty of condemnation. They have plenty of judgment. They have no redemption no forgiveness no grace no hope no sweetness no kindness they have none praise of the god. most important elements of god and that is him making up for our flaws and our failures but keep in mind mm, that's good all truth is god's truth so even if it came out of a mouth of a man who was living with some sin, secret sin. Right. He didn't make it untrue. No, exactly. He, yeah, he just exactly. was coming through a, a vessel yeah. that 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 was uh losing his way. So yeah. I, I that was I mean the yeah, Rabbi one yeah, yeah I don't think... that Zacharias one was was the most mind-boggling to me right. because of the things he would say. It's like how could you say those things and know what you were doing? Right. It made no sense to me. But then again that was his life to live and he chose it. But that doesn't mean God will redeem his yes. words even Though his lifestyle perhaps betrayed them, he right. still says things to us that are could be life changing and were right. still true. So it doesn't make the word of God less true just because it came from a sinner who was being hypocritical as he delivered it. Amen. So and so have I been. Yes, so exactly. Have I been. So have I. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying throw them out, throw them out like a baby with the bathwater. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm saying you know I, those are people that I emulate and yeah. look at and uh, you know really glean stuff off of. And Me too. I just, I, I want for me personally, I, I want, I want to be able to, 
say, well, I finished, I finished the best I could, you know, and, yeah. and, and they can say the same thing, you know, that's where Christians, you're right. We have to have grace. We have to have forgiveness. We have to have understanding and mercy and love and kindness. And uh, for, that for those who are seeking repentance and redemption. exactly yes. those who say, yes. man, I'm so sorry. How can I move forward? Okay. Right. Let's roll, brother. Let's do it. Seven yeah. times 70. Uh, exactly. That's that's one thing. But, uh, uh, you know, there are those who, um, who who've lost their way and, and, and they may never find uh, re 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 redemption because they don't repent. But that's between them and God. Anyways. Uh, but I, hey, man, I appreciate you having me on. I hope it was helpful. And, and did I hope something that was said that was a value to somebody. And uh, let's uh, let's figure out a way to get out of your church one of these days. Praise God, Brad. I thank you so much for taking your time. Uh, it is a blessing. We will be praying for you. Um, I can't wait to see you uh, in person one day and hug your neck. And uh, I'll be praying for this new tour and the burden that God has placed on your life, man. Um, it's great. I'm, I'm excited for you. So well, God you, bless you, brother. You enjoy thank your you. Labor Day weekend and um, I'll be praying for you. God bless you. Appreciate All right. it. You take it easy, brother.